Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. Since 1934, Churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. Please stay tuned for another lesson on this program by Jeff Archie. Are you listening? A very kind thank you to our Jay Webb and hello everyone. What a blessing to come today and speak of the things that be of God. We walk as in the penmanship of the Apostle Paul from 2 Corinthians 4, beginning with verse 5, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Dear friends, as an earthen vessel, created in the image of God, and to dust we shall return, we bring forth that which is excellent, not in our delivery, mind you, but that the power of God may come forth, which is excellent. You know, dear friends, this may be elementary, but without exception, everyone in our listening audience has one head attached to their body. One head to one body. Such is normal. The head makes decisions for our bodies. The body will follow what the mind decides. When a body cannot function to what the head says, well, there will be problems. We simply shudder as we think of illnesses such as dementia and Alzheimer's and the challenges brought forth in one's life who are diagnosed with those horrible diseases. Here on the International Gospel Hour, we spend time speaking of the church of which we read in the New Testament, the pre-denominational body, the church. We love to examine its uniqueness and to make clear that one can be a member of the church without being a member of a denomination. Think for a moment, is that not a refreshing thought? To be a member of the church we read of in the New Testament. In a moment, we're going to think about the church as one head and one body. But before we do that, let's hear a special message from our J. Webb. The International Gospel Hour has been heard over the airwaves since 1934. During all this time, we've been blessed to be on the air through gracious giving of congregations of Churches of Christ, faithful Christians, and devoted friends. That's why you will never hear us asking for money or for any type of donation from you, our listeners. Our offers of material and study aids are absolutely free. We plead for all to carry forth the words of Jesus to search the Scriptures, John 5.39, and we do so with the aim of the words of Peter in 2 Peter 3.18 to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you so, so much for listening. Let's continue our broadcast. And now, here's Jeff. For our discussion of the church today, dear friends, as we talk about one head and one body, let us consider Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. Paul expresses his love to this congregation of the Lord's church and his prayers for them. Then he expresses the great power in Christ 
as the head of the church. Let us listen to these words. Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe, according to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ, when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And He put all things under His feet, and gave Him to be head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. May the Lord always bless us with the reading, the hearing, and the application of His Word. I love to look at this text, especially when Paul tells of the faith in Jesus that the Ephesian church had. He had heard of their faith and their love for all the saints. There is no doubt Paul was familiar with their faith and love, for in Acts the 20th chapter, he called for the elders of the church at Ephesus. And so Paul knew of their faith and their love for all saints. He prayed for them. He told them that He gave thanks for them, and He prayed that God would give to them the spirit of wisdom, revelation in His knowledge, that they would be enlightened and understand His teaching, that they would know their hope and the riches of the glory of His inheritance. Paul says, in other words, that as they are enlightened with their understanding, they can understand hope and the glory and the greatness of the power of Christ. He also affirmed to them how that Christ was resurrected and on the right hand of the Father. What a wonderful reminder to the church that the head of the church, the head of the body, is on the right hand of the Father. What a great communication. Think about it. Right hand is an indication of authority. Jesus being the head and on the right hand and when we read such passages as Hebrews seven twenty four and 25, we see that he makes intercession for the Christian. What a beautiful thought. And then we are reminded of his power, the principality and power that's far above anything imaginable. And God put all things under the feet of Christ, another symbol of authority, gave him to be yet over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, who feels all in all. Dear friends, let's see the uniqueness of the church in the New Testament, and from the description, the church of Christ and its uniqueness because of its head and body. The church belongs to Christ, and it is His. Let's ask a question as we begin our thoughts more in depth. Who is the head of the church? Today, as we think about this question, who is the head of the church? We'll let the Bible answer. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Once again, we go back to Ephesians 1, verse 20. Speaking of God, which He worked in Christ, that is, His mighty power, when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places, 
far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Let us allow the book of Colossians, what's often called the sister book of Ephesians, You find a lot of repetition, or yes, repetition, (laughs) I'll get it right in a moment, dear friends, repetition in Colossians from Ephesians. In Colossians 1, beginning with verse 15, he is the head of the church, but let's look at this a little bit more. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Now look at that explanation. Look at how clear that comes forth. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. Now let's pause here for a moment as we think about Colossians 1, 15-17. Now we see Christ as the firstborn over all creation. He was not the first one created. We understand the term firstborn is a phrase that means the one with all preeminence. He's the firstborn over all creation. And that through Christ we find in a study of Colossians 1 that he was the one through whom God created things. Now we go to verse 18. He is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. What a beautiful thought. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the head. And we see the authority of Christ given by the Father all through this text. He has all authority. In Matthew 28, in verse 18, Before Jesus ascended into heaven, He gave the great commission to His apostles. And He said in verse 18, All power, or some translations say all authority, has been given unto Me in both heaven and in earth. God gave Christ all authority. Listen to Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 as a great biblical commentary on what we've discussed. God, who at various times and in various ways spake in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person, and upholding all things by the word of His power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Let's think about this text for a moment from Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. Notice the Hebrew writer writing at that time says, In these last days spoken unto us by his Son. Dear friends, people will ask many times, Do you think we are in the last days? Dear friends, we have been in the last days since Acts the second chapter. Look at the affirmation of Peter in his preaching. The Hebrew writer acknowledges that they were in the last days. 
time and period that the gospel would come forth. And please also, as a side note, keep in mind, we're reminded in Matthew 24 and verse 35 that no man knows the return of the Son but the Father. Let's leave that in his hands. Back to Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. He has spoken to us by his Son. He appointed him heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. Great commentary on Ephesians 1 and Colossians 1. And then when he says, When he by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. This goes back to the peace that was brought through the blood of his cross. Ephesians 1 verse 20. When we put all these texts together, here's a great way to recall Christ as the head of the church and the all-authority that he has. It's Ephesians 1, Colossians 1, Hebrews 1. They're all in the ones, if you will. Dear friends, as head, all authority is given to Christ from the Father. There is all authority in Christ, and there is no shame or fear in affirming He is the head of the church. When you think about it, dear friends, there is no earthly headquarters for His church. There is no general overseer. There is no president, no pope, no chairman, no denominational head, because the church is not a denomination. And dear friends, is it not a comforting thought to know that one can be a member of the church that has Christ as its head, and a member of that church only? To God be the glory. Now let's consider number two. We've answered, who is the head? That's Christ. Let's answer number two. What is the body? Well, dear friends, the body is the church. We once again affirm this from Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Listen to Colossians 1 and verse 24. Paul said, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. Dear friends, you cannot be much more clearer than that. I'd like for you and I to think about the oneness in the scripture. Now, moments ago, I mentioned to remember who is the head of the church, that being Christ. Think of Ephesians 1, Colossians 1, and Hebrews 1. All chapters, chapter 1s. But there's also further study of oneness in the Scripture. Listen to Paul in Ephesians 4, 4 through 6. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Did you notice there in Ephesians 4, 4, when Paul says there is one body? Well, that we can affirm. We are seeing that as we are studying the body is the church. There is one Lord in verse 5. So therefore, if there is one Lord, and that is Christ, and in this the Bible affirms, and we have to affirm it, dear friends, that if there is one Lord, that there is one head. If there is one body, and the body is the church, then how many churches did God plan through Christ? You got it, only one. 
Let's summarize and think on this. If there is one Lord, and there is, well, dear friends, we have to affirm that there has to be one body, since it is His body. If there is one Lord, and I don't know of anyone that would affirm additional Lords, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Paul commanded in Philippians 2.1 that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And if there is one Lord, we have to affirm that there is one body, since the body is His. And Ephesians 4.4 says there is one body. Now, if the body is the church, and it is, then we have to affirm that God authorized only one church. Think on this, dear friends. Are we not in a day and age when we see multiple heads over what some would say there's one church? You have a head of this denomination, a head of that denomination, a head of this denomination, a head over here, a head over there, but yet we're all just one church. Folks, think on it for a moment. That that's that doesn't gel. And are we not in that day and age when we see multiple heads over what some would say one church? Well, yes, we do. Well, are we not also in a day and age when we see multiple churches, multiple bodies that claim one head? Dear friends, let me go with an agricultural term. That would be called a mutant. That's not normal. And my friends, we need to lean on the words of James, the writer. These things ought not so to be. You can't have one head and multiple bodies. You can have it according to man, but that's not according to God. You can have multiple heads and one body. Well, man may desire that, but not God. Christ is the head, singular, of the church, singular. Let's think back on Acts, the second chapter. Acts 2.47 says that the Christians then were praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Okay, let's think on this. The Lord added people to the church. Let's think about this. Let's say that we could enter into a time machine that could take us back in time. And let's say that we stepped in this time machine and we turned the knob to Acts chapter 2 or the year 33 A.D. And when we came out of the time machine, we would be there on the day of Pentecost in Acts the second chapter. Let's say that I would go up to someone who was a Christian at that time those that did respond to the gospel, those that did believe, those that did repent at the command of Peter in Acts 2.38, and those that were baptized according to the command of Peter, and they were baptized into Christ for the remission of sins. And we find in Acts 2 and verse 41, they that gladly received his word were baptized. That is water baptism, dear friends. They were baptized into Christ. And when they were baptized into Christ for the remission of sins, the remainder of Acts 2.38 is they would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let's say that I would walk up to these individuals and I would ask them one question. Hey, this is great. Can I ask you something? What denomination are you a member? They would not have any idea what I am speaking of. 
They would not know. And I would ask them, you don't know? And all they would say is, we were baptized into Christ for the remission of sins. You know, we miss this sometimes in Acts chapter 2 around verses 39 through 41 when the Bible says, With many other words did Paul, or rather Peter, testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. I don't know what the many other words would be. I'd like to know that he would be speaking of the church since it's something they would be added to. They would know. Who is the head of their church? They would know. They would not have any clue of a denomination in Acts 2. Dear friends, if they can be added to the church, why can't we simply be added to the church we read of in the New Testament that has Christ as its head? Let's pause here since we're speaking of the church and the book of Acts. We've got a great free home study we would like to send to you. Listen to our J-Web and our offer today. Today, dear friends, we'd like to send to you absolutely free a special study booklet titled The Lord's Church as Revealed in Acts. This is a great study of the book of Acts, the actions of the apostles, and the reactions to the preaching of Christ. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say Acts Study. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and please leave your name, address, and just say Acts Study. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information. Name, address, and type Acts Study. That's A-C-T-S Study. We'll send it as soon as possible. Thanks always for your interest in the study of God's Word. And now, here is Jeff. And now, dear friends, let us consider, as we have affirmed there is one head and one body, and the head is Christ and the body is the church, let us now look at the function of the body. You know, dear friends, in order for a body to function, it must be attached to the head. For a head to operate without the body, or the body to operate without the head, dear friends, that's something in the science fiction mode. But in order for a body to function, your physical body and mine, it must be attached to the head. I want you to think about this parallel. One's head controls one's thoughts, one's words, one's actions. Now, when you put all that together, that means that my body will respond to the thinking of my mind, my head, and my words and actions comes forth from my head and controls my body. Let's ask this question. Should not the head, Jesus Christ, control the thoughts of the church, his body? Yes. Listen to 2 Corinthians 10.5. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself, itself rather, shall we say, against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Dear friend, would we not affirm that if one is in the church, that one's thoughts and beliefs should be within the obedience of Christ? Most certainly. So, what one thinks needs to be in accordance with the head, or specifically his words, as we note from John 12, verses 48 through 50. 
Second, should not the head, Christ, control the words of the church, his body? The answer, yes. 1 Peter 4.11 If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. The word oracle is defined as a breakdown or a diminutive of the word logos, a word, a narrative, a statement. It's a divine response or an utterance. So when we speak as the oracles of God, we want to give a divine response. And if we speak as the oracles of God with a divine response, would those words be from the head indeed, and his authority from his word? Dear friends, in this we must affirm. Let's also consider, too, that should not the head, Christ, control the actions of his church? Absolutely. Colossians 3, beginning with verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, that's action, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father through Him. Why, of course, dear friends, the Word of Christ instructs us how one is to live and to be a light of the world, Matthew five thirteen through 16 So let's place forth some questions for you to consider honestly. Are you a member of the church we read of in the New Testament and not a member of a denomination? Is there only one head and that head being Christ? Yes. Is there only one body and that body being the church? Yes. Is the body the church, the people, to respond to the thoughts of the head, speak the words of the head, and respond with the actions directed by the head? Yes. And with all these questions, we must affirm the importance of being a part of the church one reads of in the New Testament that has as its head Christ. Dear friends, we've hoped we've prompted some thinking today. And let's continue our studies together, shall we? Thanks for joining me today. I'm Jeff Archie, and until next time, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope, first, that it glorified God. But second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com.